0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective broadcast The teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga We believe that this message is going to open up the seals And cause you to have a deeper revelation into the word of God That will make you see beyond the letters in the word Here is Dr. David Okay So we continue with our study on visions and Revelation. This is going to be part number three. Visions and revelations. And I want you to pay close attention as well. Um, today we're going to be dealing with the types of visions. Types of visions. Uh, but before that, let's take our text. Our text is coming from Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and uh, Revelation 12. I mean Second Corinthians 12 verse number 1 and 2. Acts 2 verse 17 says And it shall come to pass In the last days saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh And your sons and your daughters Shall prophesy And your young men shall see visions And your old men Shall dream dreams Amen Okay then we we'll go to Second Corinthians chapter 12 Verse number 1 and 2 and he said, "It is not experience for me that leads to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord." And I try to explain that what Paul is trying to say here is the visions and revelation of the diversity of God's operation in Christ that was revealed to him. He becomes somebody who could handle the ministry of Christ, as it were, the Word of God, because of the multitude of revelations and visions that he had. By implication, when the Lord begins to reveal himself to you, by way of revelations and insight, your faith will no longer stand, but you will totally have control of what you believe in. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? All right, Bethuna says, I know a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, it, such a one caught up into the third heavens. Here again, Paul is trying to explain that when you come to the place of this kind of revelation, you can truly say what is happening to you. It's like you're alive and at the same time like you're not alive. By implication, we gave a simple illustration last week of that of Ezekiel. How the scriptures say was cut up and then suspended between the heaven and the earth. And the Lord took came to Jerusalem and he could see the temple. And you could see the idols that were in the temple. I don't know if you remember that. And the Bible says he was sitting before the elders of Jerusalem. That simply means he was in the midst of the people but he was somewhere else. And i try to make you understand that when you come to this kind of experience, even though you're sitting down, you see things that those around you cannot see. Praise the Lord. Alright, so I want you to grasp that because very important. Very, very important. Okay. Alright, so we, we, we try to explain the word Revelation speaks of Apocalypse's from the word Apocalypse which speaks of what is present but not seen until it is revealed. Something is right there, but you don't see it until it's opened up to you. So, revelations means there are certain things that are in God or in terms of God that are not open up to you. When he reveals them to you, you'll be able to see what is hidden. That the natural eye cannot see, that the mind of mind cannot perceive. You begin to see them. That is revelation. Amen. Alright, so, um, that's what Paul is trying to say, and the world is a pass here that I try to explain before. It's not a expedient for me, that bless the glory. Okay, so, like I said, tonight we're going to be dealing with types of visions. Um, I just believe that you've already been able to follow up from part one and two in understanding what we're dealing with. So, now we're dealing with type of vision. The last time we spoke about some of the features you find in Revelations, um, we talk about voices, we talk about shapes, we talk about figures, we talk about even seeing the Son of Man, we talk about hands, all of those things that are features that you can see um, in Revelations when God wants to communicate. So type of visions that we have, we have one, night visions, I mentioned that, and we, we got an example from the book of Job, I may probably just uh, think about that tonight. Uh, We have night visions, we have open visions, we have trance, and then we have divine visitations. Amen? Trance, divine visitations. These are the four uh, I think I'm going to be dealing with. Uh, But let's look at the book of Job, Job 33 verse 14. Um, The book of Job chapter 33 verse number 14. 13 to 14, if you can get it on the board of the farm. Okay, yeah, okay, see. Why does that strive against him, for he giveth not account of any of his masters or matters." Then look at the next verse. For God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man persevereth not. In other words, God speaks, but man doesn't understand, right? So how does he speak in this context? Well, he said once, yet twice. Then look at the next thing. Verse 15. It said, in a dream, in a vision of the night. So this is a night vision. When deep sleep falleth upon man, in slumberings upon the bed. What's the next thing that happened? Verse 16. Then he opened the ears of men and sealed their instructions. Can you get that? In a night vision that he may withdraw man, you know. When he say, open the ears of men and see the instructions, he's talking about your natural understanding is no longer functioning. By that state, you see, God may be wanting to speak to you now, but you can be so distracted by the things you see. But if it would have offended you by the thoughts and the anger you have. All of these things can be cloud the vision that God wants to give to you. So He allowed you to go to bed. That when you sleep, then your natural understanding is no longer functioning. You can't be sleeping and be, and be hating anybody. Is that okay? Right. So then you are no longer, in fact, you are out of this world. That would mean He sealed the instructions. And then He opened the ears of men. Now that has to do with your spiritual understanding. The point, actually, is you receive this kind of visions in such a way that you might be thinking you are dreaming, but the truth is God is speaking to your subconscious mind. It's just like you have what we call the hard disk in the computer. You know, every information that goes in there is stored in the hard disk. You click a button, then this thing comes back to you. That is how your subconscious mind is. Sometimes even the things, I'll make you see that Some even the things you see in the afternoon Some of the things that you similarly experience Even your job situation You can dream about them Because they are playing down into your subconscious mind And they begin to come forth in form of dreams and visions But like what we're reading here Go back a bit to verse 14 and 15 When the scripture says That for God's speaker once yet twice What it that means is if for instance you have a dream, and the dream is repeating itself two or three times, that is God talking. So you find that principle with the life of Joseph. He had a dream, the eleven sheep of earth bowed down to his own, and then he had another dream, the eleven stars, the sun and the moon bowed down to him. I'm not feeling about this story. Good. That's God speaking once, yea, twice. See that? Now, if you go down the life of Pharaoh, you find the same thing. He talks about the goat, he talks about the cows that ate up, the lean ones that ate up, the fat ones, and on and on. He speaks of the famine that was going to come. So, God speaks once and yea, twice, but man doesn't understand. So, what he's saying here is if you're having a dream that's repeating itself, two times or three times, God is talking to you. It may not be necessarily using the same articles to talk to you in those dreams. It may be different things that is going to be showing you. But the dreams, if you take time to understand, I hope, I wish you can go back to our study on dreams and revelations. I mean, how to interpret dreams. You'll be able to see what I'm saying now. If you have a dream that is coming, one time is coming, and then repeat the second time, maybe the third time, if you can analyze those articles together, God is talking to you. That is the major communication that God is passing across to you. Are you following what I'm saying now? Good. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, that is about dreams and visions. Uh, like I said, I'll use that just to il- illustrate the one night visions. Okay? Alright. So, Let's begin to look at these things. Like I said, we have night visions, we have open visions. Open visions, you can just be looking like this and you're not seeing things. Right? You just open your eyes and then you see a flash. That pass through your face, you'll be able to see something. That's open vision. You know, sometimes you see, when am we praying here, I'll be saying, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. I'm not sleeping, I'm not dreaming. You know? Praise the living God. Now, other ones, you have trance. Trance is such a state that you are neither sleeping, neither are you are awake, you are in between. That's called trance. Is that okay? Then define visitation. I don't know if we're going to touch this, but that has to do with, you remember the story of Manuah? When the, the man came to visit the wife and give a prophecy to the wife that the wife was going to bring forth, and even begin to tell the wife not to drink hot drink because the child is going to be a Nazareth. Is that okay? Right. And then, the wife told the husband, this this was my experience today. And then they went back there, and because that was a divine visitation, you find again that the man came back and gave them the instruction. Is that okay? Right. Now Mano and I said, okay, you can go, let's offer something. They made up a sacrifice, and everything went, and in the midst of that, the man disappeared. And then they said, oh, now we're going to die because... We've seen God. Because the world says no man can see God and live. So then fear we're going to die. And the truth of the matter is, you can't see God and live. What that means is, you can't see God and remain who you, who you were before you saw God. So anytime you see God, you die. That's the simple truth about that. You understand that? No man can see God and live. You can imagine Saul saw God on the road to Damascus. He died to Saul and became Paul. That is the point. So the truth is no man can see God and live. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now, let's see the difference between visions and dreams, for instance. Now, this is a little bit difficult to establish a clear line between visions and dreams, uh, as given in the Bible. Even sometimes both are combined Like we're talking about what we saw in the book of Job, sometimes visions are combined with dreams. You see, Daniel saw, had a dream, I mean Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, but at the same time was in the vision. You remember that? It was a dream, but at the same time he saw an image. So it was a combination of dream and vision. Praise the Lord. And Job was also having a dream, and then he said, "An image passed before my face." First of all, he said, "The spirit passed before my face," and then an image formed stood before me. gonna get that? Right. So it means he was in a dream, but at the same time, he had a vision. Praise the Lord! All right. So that is the thing. But we can make the following differences, even though. Uh, it's very difficult to separate But we can make these kind of differences One We dream when asleep But we see visions When we are awake That's the first thing you got to understand Most dreams Comes when you are asleep But visions Comes even when you are awake You can see visions when you are awake Is that okay? Are you listening? Alright praise the Lord we dream when I sleep, but we see visions when we are awake. Then number two, dreams last longer. Without vision it's like a flash for a brief moment, and that's very important. Dreams last longer. When you're having dreams it takes some time, you know, following the dreams, all manner of things, It can be fighting, anything, but vision is like a flash. Because your eyes are open, you just see something pass through your face. You begin to see something, you know, even though your eyes are wide awake. But for dream, it's quite a long period. Sometimes it takes a whole, you know, how many hours? You know, you're just in that kind of dream state. Praise the living God. Amen. One of the things that I want you to pick again is, you see, dream is directly connected to, to, to prophetic grace. Can you please turn with me to Deuteronomy 13, if I can put on the board? Let me just say this before I get to number three. Deuteronomy 13, verse number one, the book of Deuteronomy. Look at it. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give thee a sign or a wonder, That means the dreamer can give you a sign, or the prophet can give you a sign. Did you get that? So dream is very, very... In fact, dreamers are like prophets. You can get the whole book of Daniel. You always say the prophet Daniel, but the whole book of Daniel was written based on dreams. Did you get that? Right. So this is what it says there. If there arise among you a prophet, or a dreamer of dreams. And give thee a sign or a wonder. So that a prophet can give you a sign. Or the dreamer can give you a sign. You get what I mean now? Very good. That's, uh, dreams are very important. Uh, don't forget the Bible says. I'll power my spirit upon all not And they shall dream dreams. And they shall see visions. Dreaming dream in that context. What you're talking about. You want to think big. Because that's the way we used to teach it in motivational cycle. You need to dream big. You know, you think of big things. That's not exactly what the Spirit is saying. It's talking about you seeing visions of God, revelations of God, but in a dream state. Amen? Good. So, I just wanted you to see this, and it's very important. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams... And it thee a sign or a wonder. Now let's go down a little bit. Look at verse 2. And the sign or the wonder come to pass. You see? Wherefore he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which I have not known, and let us serve them. So now what he's saying is, a dreamer of dream can give you a sign and it can come to pass, just like a prophet can give you a sign and it can come to pass. But what God is arguing about here is, if a prophet gives you a prophecy, even if the thing comes to pass, but the prophet is leading you away from God, then that is not what you should accept. In fact, he says, such a prophet should be killed. But I'm trying to see, I'll make you see, the, the way God equated a prophet with that of a dreamer of dreams. Amen? So now, if you are a dreamer of dreams... You can become a prophet of yourself. I don't even get that. Because you see, what a prophet can make you see, you can see in dreams. You understand what I mean? Praise the living God. Okay, so now let's move on to what we're discussing. So let's go to number three. Number three of the difference between a vision and a dream. What's it, 13? A dream carries more facts or details, and does more information and explanation to the mind, whereas vision is more often only a single picture. i take that again. A dream carries more facts or details, and so more information and explanation to the mind but vision is not, I mean, it's most often a single picture. It will not be a single picture in terms of a vision. But dreams give you a lot of information, a lot of details about what God wants to communicate to you. Are you getting the difference? I'm trying to give you the difference between vision and dreams. So again, I said, a dream carries more facts or details. And so, more information and explanation to the mind, where that vision is most often only a single picture. Is that okay? Right. You can just see a single picture or something, but you may not have more details about that. Praise the living God. Are we there? On Friday, here, I, we're praying here, and I was telling you, I'm seeing calories, and we should pray. Remember that? Yeah. And somebody came to me and was telling me the same thing, the problem that she was having that has to do with calories. That was a vision. You see that? And God has to be able to assist to set the sister free. and I believe that she is free. So this is what we're talking about. That's a victory. It can just be a single picture just coming. And it's so not when you're sleeping, you are not dreaming. your eyes are open. Are you following what I'm saying now? Right. So if you're walking in this kind of state, I bet you, you can be so much of a giant, even in the spirit. Because literally you can see things before they happen, and even around your neighbors, your family, your children, they can just come. And this is one of the privileges God really given to his children, especially New Testament people, if I may use the word. Because he said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And your daughters and your sons shall dream, dreamers, your prophets and then they'll see visions. Visions and dreams accompanies the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will really bring this into pass. So sometimes you ask the question, we speak in tongues, but how many people see visions? How many people really do dreams the way they are supposed to be? Are you following what I'm saying? That's a major, major gift of the Holy Spirit. A privileged position that God has made available through the Holy Spirit. That if you have the Holy Spirit, you can see visions and you can have dreams that are tangible. That's God trying to communicate His mind to you via those two methods. But today we don't see such things. All we know about the Holy Spirit is speaking tongues and maybe prophesy, whatever. But it's much more than that. Hallelujah. Number four, dreams are related to the mind. But visions are related to the spirit. Dreams are related to the mind, but visions are related to the spirit, so you can find this frequency. When we talk about vision, we're dealing with the spirit dimension. When we talk about dreams, we're talking about the mind of man, you know, and I'm going to make you see later as we move on, discover that some of your activities, you can begin to dream about them because your mind is focused on substance. Hallelujah. You got that? Dreams are related to the mind, but visions are related to the spirit. And number five: the difference between dreams and visions is what I'm saying now. Number five: dreams are interpreted within the content of the dreams, but vision needs outside keys of true biblical knowledge concerning types and shadows, and also with a sharpness of spiritual sensitivity. Now this is a little bit of a long one. But that's what I'm trying to say. When it comes to dreams, you can interpret them within the contents of the symbols given to you. Is that okay? For example, if I have a dream and I see yam, I see stuff maybe, and I see cows, I can use those figures to interpret the dreams. Is that alright? Good. But, if you see a vision, you need some keys, some biblical keys and knowledge concerning types and shadows, to interpret such visions and then with sharpness of spiritual sensitivity. In other words, you are sensitive in the spirit to be able to interpret spiritual symbols when it comes in terms of visions, as compared to uh, dreams. I don't know if are get what I'm saying now. Right, that's why I discovered that. Help me now. You see, the Bible says Daniel has an excellent spirit. One of the things that comprised those excellent spirits was that he could be able to interpret within inventions. Things that are not readily can be interpreted, he could interpret them. Just like a brother was saying the other day, he was the head of the magicians. What that means is he could interpret things that magicians cannot interpret. I don't know if you are getting this right. So that is spiritual sensitivity. Depth in the spirit is what enables you to interpret visions. So when you see visions, you can interpret them, but you need some biblical keys to interpret them. Is that okay? Sometimes God gives numbers, and I remember the Lord was giving me a number yesterday night, three one seven five or something like that. Like I, I forgot; I did write it down again. But I was thinking of going to study it out. You don't just see numbers lie down, leave it out. That's the purpose why those numbers come. And when you start beginning to study those numbers, you see that God is giving you a message in those numbers. But I remember very well, I think I'll go back, I'm going to take a study on that and find out what God is trying to communicate. It can just be numbers, you see? It may not just be anything, but these are visions and dreams. So, when you see dreams, you can readily interpret. He gives you this, you can see those things. But when you come to visions, you need some deep spiritual sensitivity and some blueprint to interpret them. Are we following? Number six. The purpose of a dream is often directional, providing insights into various issues of the past, present, and the future. And I want you to know this because it's very important. The purpose of a dream is often directional, it's direct, it's leading to something. Now, it provides insight into various issues of the past, the present, and the future. So dream can close the gap, if I may use the word. It can give you things that the past, like historical events, it can reveal them to you through dreams, it can show you what is happening now, and it can make you see what is coming forth. Dream compasses these three realms. That is why it is important for you to interview your dreams, and sometimes you discover that. The dream you are having could be just your past. God could just be telling you this where you were supposed to be. Is that okay? Right. And then you could have a dream, God telling you this is what I want you to do now. And then you have another dream, God is saying, I want you to do this in your to come. You see that? So dream can give you insight, directing you as to your past, your present and your future. And that is why it's very important. Praise the living God. Amen. For the signs again, the dream of, um, of, of, of Joseph. You can see that it was directional to his future. You, you understand that? Very good. He had a dream, the sun the moon, the saw bowed down. It was speaking of what is going to happen in years to come. It was future. It was not instant. You know? He had those dream before he was sold into, I mean, thrown into the peace, sold into slavery, you know, pharaoh and then prison. The dream was still there. Praise the Lord. So sometime again, this is very important. When you have a dream, you, don't, you have to be able to interpret it properly. Whether is God speaking about my past, or is he talking about what I should do now, or what's going to come tomorrow. Some people are gonna have a dream and jump into doing that. It could be a tomorrow's event, not now. You see, and they missed the timing. That was a problem. You see, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar was our future. It wasn't right down immediate. Right? When he saw the image, you can imagine the image of Daniel or the image of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel interpreted. The head of gold and then the silver the bronze and the iron and gold economics. Which speaks of Babylon, Medopeia, Greece and Rome. That's the whole period of time. So he found out the dream was future. And it was also speaking of now and future because I was saying the gold, you are the head of gold. So speaking of Babylon at that moment. Are you understanding what I'm saying now? Good. So sometimes when you have your dream, you need to sit down and then meditate. Sometimes you pray sort of, for you to get insight into what you're saying. Is he speaking about your past? Is he speaking about what you should do now? Or what you come tomorrow? What is God saying? You've got to understand that. Alright. Whereas in a vision, it is to inspire and motivate the person. In a spiritual vision, we we'll, we'll take a leap of faith in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Spiritual vision is something that gives you Grace to just act right now. Or like dream that you have to interpret to find out which dimension of it. When you come to spiritual vision, it's instant. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Yes, it's giving you faith. You know, for instance, some of those statements like Paul perceived that this man have faith to be healed. What's supposed to mean? It's already connected to what he is saying. He perceived in a vision in a way that my man faith to be healed. Or just like when we're going to come down, when he said in the book of Acts chapter 16, there was a man in Macedonia and said, come over to Macedonia. That wasn't a dream, that was a vision. And he had to act on going to Macedonia. I don't think to get what I'm saying, right? So vision is instant. It gives you faith. And the good thing about vision is, if you have a vision about anything God wants you to do, that is just the faith you need to do it. Why is it so? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, this is not speaking, but by vision. And because it is God giving vision to you, you can act on it, and you can get results. You following me? Alright. Now, number seven. A dream requires a healthy mind, whereas a vision requires a healthy spirit. A dream requires a healthy mind. You know, though, for your dreams to be very accurate, you have to have a healthy mind. But I do mean a mind that is stable. A fluctuating mind cannot really capture the dreams of God. Are you getting it? You have to have a healthy mind to be able to have good dreams. For instance, if you are fearful all the times, hmm? If you're somebody who is, whose heart is not stable, your mind is not stable, you're fearful all the time. You're going to have accurate dreams. All manner of dreams will pour into your life. But have no bearing with what God wants to do. So dreams are not directional in any way. Amen? Then, for vision, you have to have a healthy spirit. Because it's the spirit that communicates from the spirit that you receive these visions. Your connection is directly in the spirit. So you have to have a healthy spirit. These two things are required for a wholesome connection with the Holy Spirit. If you truly want to connect with the Holy Spirit, either by dreams or by vision, you must have a healthy spirit. And one of the ways by which you have a healthy spirit is studying the Word of God. Hmm? Yeah. Remember, we read last week, the Bible talks about Ephesians, say, "Be, be renewed by the spirit of your mind. You see, your mind has a spirit. So you have the spirit of the mind, it's so such that you're really downloading the Word of God into your spirit, you are. You could become a walking Bible. You come to that level, your spirit is full, your, your heart is loaded with the Word of God. And so if anything comes, I wrote I, I some time ago on Facebook, the greatest way to overcome the devil is the Word of God. It's not even, I'm not against prayer, but how did Jesus overcome the devil? He wasn't praying. He simply said it is written. Now, and that's because as a Jewish boy, he has learned the Torah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So he was using what he has studied in the Torah as a young man to confront the devil. And the devil responded to the word that he used. Did you get this? Right. So knowledge is the key. I want to begin to think that one of the quickest ways to drive away the devil from your presence or from your side is knowledge. Because the truth again is, man fell through knowledge. That's to say, the weapon that the devil had to make man fall was knowledge. Am I correct? So, how are you going to overcome such temptation? Through knowledge. You see that? Praise the Lord. Because the greatest weapon of the devil is deception. You have to understand that. it doesn't have anything. Jesus has destroyed it. He has no power over you. I'm going to be talking about that in this study on our new creation reality. He has been completely destroyed. You have to understand that. In fact, it's under your feet. But you can be deceived. He can deceive you. He can give you pictures that are not real. And out of that deception, you fall a victim to yourself. Not even him anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why you should be filled with the knowledge of the word of God. It's so important. You can overcome the devil with any form of temptation as far as the world is concerned. When the world came to Jesus, he told him, this is the, this. Just keep telling him. And guess what? You have to understand something. It's still a mystery. Somebody was speaking to me a few days ago and I told the person, who took Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted? The Bible said the Spirit, not the devil, the Spirit took him there to be tempted. Why? To prove his sonship. If you are truly a son of God, come and see. It. This is the way it happened. Because Adam was the son of God. I can't to Luke chapter 3 in the last verse. Adam was, now he was because he's no longer the son, because he couldn't stand the trial. So the same trial that Adam had in the garden was the same trial that was given to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And as soon as Jesus was able to overcome, through the word, what's the next thing? The Bible says, angels came and ministered to him. Did you get that? When you read angels came to minister to him, it's not like saying they brought food for him because he was hungry. That was not essential Is like the thing. You see, what it really means is, angels rejoice and say. Now we have someone who can have dominion over the world. Praise the Lord. Okay. So it's very important that your spirit is filled, strong, healthy. You have a healthy mind. Don't allow all manner of things to come into your spirit. Don't allow all manner of things to come into your heart. You have to have a healthy mind to be able to overcome the devil. I mean, to have dreams and revelations coming to you that can flow from God's spirit. Number eight. We can participate more in dreams than in a spiritual vision. We participate more in dreams than in spiritual vision. In spiritual vision, we are looking into the scene. Whereas sometimes in a dream, we become physically involved because of the subconscious mind and the body reflexes. Now watch this again. Let me explain further. We can participate more in dreams than in spiritual vision. And I said, in spiritual vision, we are looking into the scene. It's like a picture. Uh, Let's just say, it's like you're watching television. A picture just flies before you. Is that okay? Right. That's the vision. You only see, but you're not participating. But in dreams... We can become physically involved because of the subconscious mind and the body reflexes. Now, let me give you an example. Have we been to Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse three? Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse number three. Look at this: For a dream cometh through the multitude of what businesses. That's what is important. But the man is a full voice; is known by many words. But keep on. Did you see that? A dream comes through what the multitude of businesses. You see now. One of my cousins, some time ago, he used to be a caterpillar operator. And one night we were sleeping, and here all this guy just doing this, just doing that, doing that. I tell oh, Christopher, what's the problem?" He said, what is it? I said, look at the way... He said, oh, I was driving, I was driving Caterpillar. <laughs> you understand it now? Yeah, that's dream. Your body plays, you participate in a dream most times. Uh, I remember three days, the, I think, was it three days now? Four days ago, my wife was tapping me up too. I was just doing some funny things and she was looking at me and... I said, well, what is it, what is it? <laughs> you know, I was dreaming. You dream because of your body reflexes, you participate. But be sure you don't. You just watch. I don't know if I what I'm saying here, right? So it's very important. And so you discover that if you're a farmer, for instance, you can find yourself farming. You understand that? Good. So what, that's why it's, for a dream coming through multitude of world businesses. So what occupies your mind most? You dream about. What What is What is your life most? You dream about. You see that. So, that's what we're saying. But this is not the same thing like vision. Vision is just like a flash. You're just watching like, you know, a television flash or something as the case may be. But when it comes to dream, you participate in it. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Alright. Okay. (sighs) For a dream coming. That is, as dreams are generally the effect of the business in which we have been engaged during the day. Understand it. So a multitude of wealth, evidence of people workings of the foolish. But the eight part, like I just said there, dreams are generally the effect of the business in which we have been engaged during the day. Let's take, for instance, the case of Pilate and the wife of Pilate on the judgment of Jesus. You see that? The woman had a dream because that's what exactly is going on. Is that okay? right. So she had a dream and she said you better warn your husband not to partake of this man's death. You see that? So dreams generally are the effect of the businesses in which you have been engaged. So think about it this way. If you spend your time quarreling and fighting with enemies, guess what? You're going to have a lot of dreams about enemies that you're fighting with. Because that's what occupies your life. Are you following what I'm saying here? So every business that you occupy in, or that occupies you in the day, they form part of your dreams. Largely they do. My my dreams always are always about the Bible. That I'm reading the Bible, that I'm preaching somewhere. Or, you know, I wake up and tell my wife, I was just doing this, I was just doing that. Always, all the time, because that's my business. I don't they're following that now. That's my business. So, you are, your, your dreams actually affect your business. I mean, your, your, your business affects your dream state. And you participate in it. You see? And it's very important. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, uh, we still have some few minutes. Let me see. Let's look at sources of, of visions. Sources of visions. From where the visions comes. And we're going to take just only two. There are several other ones we can, we, can, we can get, but we're going to take only two. First of all, we're going to look at the word false visions. There are visions that are false. Jeremiah 2 verse 7, 7 to 8. Jeremiah 2 verse 7 to 8. False visions. And here the scripture says, And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when you entered, you defied my land and made my heritage an abomination. Go to the next thing, verse 8. The priest said not, Where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. The pastors also transgress against me, and the prophet prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. This is false vision now. The prophets by Baal, many they are not prophesying by the Spirit of God. So it's not necessarily a person that comes to tell you vision that similarly is coming from God. So we have visions that are not from God and they are false visions. So I'm saying you can have a false vision. Here, this prophet are prophesying by Baal, not by the Spirit of God. Are you getting that? Okay, Jeremiah 23, verse 13. Let's take that again. Jeremiah 23, verse 13. And I have seen fully in the prophets of Samaria, they prophesy in Baal. I caused my people to err. You watch that. And that's very important. He said, I have seen also property of Jerusalem and a horrible thing. They committed adultery and walking lies. They strengthened also the hands of the evildoers. That none doth return from his wickedness. That all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof. As Gomorrah. What God is saying is, I'm going to destroy these people like I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Because even their prophets are not walking by my spirit. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. That is the prophet of Jerusalem. We are professing a pure faith. Having followed the ways and become corrupt as the prophet of Samaria. You know, Samaria is different from Judah. Is that okay? After the 12th tribe, you know, you have ten, and then you have two. Good. Now, the all of them unto me are Sodom, meaning incorruptible, brutish men, I and mean, sinners who shall surely be destroyed, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And this prophecy was before the destruction of Jerusalem in 607 BC, as it was the false prophets. This prophet came before the destruction of Jerusalem in 607 BC. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Another area from which visions can come is from your hearts. That's why your hearts have to be pure, otherwise, you'll be seeing visions which are not from God. <laughs> Praise God. Lamentation two, verse nine. Lamentation two, verse number nine. Bible says her gate has sunk into the ground. They are destroyed and broken her bars, her king and a princess among the Gentiles. The law is no more. Her prophet also finds no vision from the Lord. So how were they prophesying? Verse 14 says, By prophet have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered thy iniquity to turn away their captivity, but are seen for thee false burdens." And causes of banishment. Amen. He said, 13 said they have not seen the vision from the Lord, but it was in the vision. So where was it coming from? From their hearts. So you have people that can see vision for you, but they are not from God, they are just from their hearts. Amen. So since it didn't come from God, what they saw was worthless vain, because it was untruth and a vision a lie. God was against them. They were speaking these things which God have not ordained. They were seeing vision for people that God have not ordained. They were just prophesying from their hearts. And we have a lot of ministers like that even today. They just give prophecies from their mind, from their hearts. God has not given it unto them. Amen. Praise the living God. Are you following me? And one of the things that I may say, can we go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 14? One of the things again that can lead even a genuine man of God to give you a false vision. Let me show you. Ezekiel chapter 14. Read the from verse 1. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and sat before me verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, unto who? Unto Ezekiel. Is that okay? Good. Some of the men, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and pulled the assembling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I be inquired of at all by them? God is asking this question. They have something they have already had up in their mind. They made up their mind for them. things. They have, seen they have already conjured that they want to achieve, if I may use the word. It's like a sister who already had a mind for a boy, and he comes to you and says, I have a revelation. You understand that? And he wants you to prophesy for you to agree and to say that that man is your husband. I don't if I get what I'm saying now. That's an idol in the heart. Now, the man could be a journeyman but because of what you carried in your heart, he deceived to tell you so that your heart can be fulfilled. Now look at the next verse. Verse 4. Therefore speak unto them, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, every man of the heart of Israel that seteth up his idol in his heart, and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to the prophets I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to what? The multitude of his idols. Did you get that? So this is one of the ways that a genuine prophet of God can be deceived. God does that. He allows it. Why? Because you already make up your mind. So if you're going for somebody, going to someone to either pray for you, or give you a word of prophecy, don't carry anything in your mind as to what you want you to confirm. Are you following what I'm talking about? So God himself is going to help to get you deceived, because that's already what's in your heart. So he answers you according to the idols of your hearts. Praise the living God. You understand what I'm saying? That is just the point. So, you have to understand the sources of prophecies and visions. They come from false visions, from the heart that are made up, from idols of the heart, you can receive visions from God. I mean, not from God, that's what I mean. Amen? So, we have to be careful, even when we are praying, if you have some things in your mind, and you want God to confirm them, He's going to confirm them to you, because that's what you have in your mind. You see, I was speaking to somebody, he came to me and I said, At this state that you are, I can't even pray and give you a vision. Because your heart is made up of something. The best thing for you to do is to be on a neutral gear. Neutral gear is, you know, when you put your gear on neutral in a car, it doesn't go forward, it doesn't go backward. You understand what I mean? You just stay on a neutral gear and allow God to speak to you. But if you go to people who have already made up your mind for what you want, they're going to confirm it to you. That this is what you want. You see that? Okay. All right, let's take some... Um, we're talking about sources of vision now. We Let's talk about the one that comes from God. Because we say visions... And dreams, they are they are dreams. Okay, visions that come from God. There are impressions received from God upon the conscious mind, which could later be recalled and described or recorded by the recipient in his own words. We find this example in Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. There are impressions that you can receive. Amen. But they come from God. Let me give you an example of a godly vision. Example of a godly vision, Genesis 15 verse number one. It's a long reading, so we're going to read very fast. Genesis 15 verse number one. And the Bible says, After this thing, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. You see that? This vision was like a dream. That's why I say it's a little bit difficult to really separate vision from dreams. Now. Again you need to understand something here. For me it's very important. After these things. After what things? After Abraham had met with Melchizedek. as paid his time to him. They've had a conversation. This thing came up. Remember somebody like. Solomon, when he offered a thousand bonds offering unto the Lord, what was the next thing that happened? God came and said, what do you want from me? That is why you can't, no matter what people try to say, no matter what they try to fight in the name of being New Testament believers, you can't remove the place of this thing in connecting to God. Sacrifices. After these things, only after Abraham has paid his title, they have had a conversation, all of that, what's the next thing that happened? The Bible says, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham, and thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. In other words, I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to reward you. Can you see that? Now read on. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will that give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house, it is this, Eleazar of Damascus. As a matter of fact, see, before Isaac was born, God is going to make a promise. It was more than some 20 years before Isaac was born. Now, this promise that God is making, remember in Genesis 18, the promise was made. But this promise, before it came to pass, took quite some time. There was some interplay in the spirit before Isaac was born. Look at this. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast gone, given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be the heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own body shall be the heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and said, Look now towards heaven, and tell the south, If thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall I see it be. And the Bible said, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for what? Righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of, the, out of all of the Caedians to give thee this land to inherit it. Yeah, there's a big study we need to do on the land of all. It's so important. If you have time, do it by yourself. The meaning of the word all. Bible says verse 8. And he said, Lord God, well, Where shall I know that I shall inherit it? And the Bible says, And he said unto him, Take me an half of three years old, and she got, and a she-got of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a tortoise dove and a young pigeon. And he, took, and he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the best of the air. he divided not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, it never drew them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, an aura of great darkness fell upon him. Now begin to see, this a vision, and you begin to see later what the vision speaks for. He has promised him largeness of his children, great multitude of people. Now, verse number 3 13. And he said unto Abram, no for shorty that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and it shall afflict them four hundred years. That was the darkness of horror that he saw so now. His children are promised him, Your children are gonna be like the stars. That's why you only see level stars to the of children of Israel. That was promised unto you know, as it were to Abraham now. Is that okay? Right. Now he came to this place, he fell into a deep sleep and an horror, that is a deep sleep of horror. It was a pain. So it's like he partook of the affliction of the children of Israel in Egypt. Did you see that? Good. Then he says, verse 14. And also that nation whom thou shalt or whom they shall serve, will I judge, and after shall they come out with great substance. And exactly that's what happened. Is that okay? Right. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. <laughs> I like this kind of prophecy. But in the fourth generation they shall come. Here they again for the iniquity of the Amorites. And it shall come to pass that when the sun went down. And it was dark behold a smoking furnace. And a burning lamb that passed between the pieces. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed. Have I given this land from the river of Euphrates, on the river the river Euphrates? Egypt, brother. Then he says, the Canaanites, and the Canaanites, and the Keramites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Raphians, and all the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Gigasites and the Jebusites. He made a covenant, but how did that happen? First he showed him a vision, and he partook of the suffering of the children of Israel, for 400 years before they're going to come out and they have to come out with substance now watch this this is what we're talking about you have some dreams as of vision you partake in them example of this is when we were over there uh, before we moved down this way the man that was assisting me and a German one day I was in this vision and I was fine as for myself stood in the front of the staircase when you climb up and he was behind me, and then he said, we're looking for this man. And then I said, he's not here. Because I saw that he have weapons in their hand. And I said, he's not here. They said, no, we know he's in this place. And that's why we came to look for him here. And I said, no, he's not in this place. So instead, I just stood and said, "Well, oh, pastor, let them take me. They are my people. They don't want to give me rest. Then I said, you are not going anywhere. So as I tried to talk to him, they were stretching a big weapon on him. So I just turned back and I raised my hand and the thing hit me here. Innovation. I suffered that pain for almost a week. And then I went to him. Then he was saying at Balakumakia, the answer man, look at the revelation I had. What is going on? He said, look, this thing is true. They don't want to give me rest. He began to explain what is happening in his village, in his community, in his people, and all that. So you see, there are some visions, You really partake in them. Literally, you partake in them. You suffer when you wake up. You understand that? So you see, Abraham saw what was going to happen to the children of Israel for 400 years for the state of horror. And that was the vision the Lord gave to him. But this was directional. Like I said before, some dreams vision are vision and directional. They lead you to what is going to come in the future. And this is not a future experience. Then he told him again, this land you are, I've given to you. It's a covenant, your children will possess this land. Uh, you see what I'm saying here? Praise the living God. Alright, so it's important you understand it. So, through this vision I made a covenant. So, you see, God can make covenant with you through vision, through dreams. Uh, I have only been telling you this. Like when the Lord spoke to me, 1990, when I was to come around and say, By me shall your yes, multiply, by me shall your increase. That was a covenant for me. Right? And I hold that strongly anytime, anywhere. If certain things are going on, going wrong, i say, Lord, this is not what you told me. And it's always important that you come into some a state of understanding spiritually, having a covenant with God. It becomes your faith, by which you can walk with. Amen? Okay, let's take this final one for today. Genesis 46, verse number one. Genesis 46. Are you following so far? All right. That was an Israel took a journey. That is... Jacob, now, with all that he had, and came to Beersheba, and offered sacrifice unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke unto Israel in the vision of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob! And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And had pulled his hand upon the eyes. And Jacob rose off from Beersheba. And the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father. And the little ones and the wives in the wagon which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goats which they had gotten in the land of Canaan. And they came into Egypt. Jacob and all his seed with him. So here we find that Jacob was directed to go to Egypt for provision. Did you get that? Because of were in the land, farmer in Canaan, and God is not saying, Jacob, don't be afraid, go to Egypt. Provision is there for you. Joseph is going to take care of you. Your seed are going to be protected. So you see that in the vision a dream, God can direct you to the place of sustenance for your life, provision and protection. Praise the living God. So it's important... This subject, you take it to heart. You try and go back and listen to this series we're doing on this vision and revelation. Because God can literally direct you. Look at this one. It was directing to place of provision. And he told him what's going to happen there. He told him all that is going to benefit. Going to where he's asking him to go. Egypt, that's where provision was. But for Canaan, there was no provision. Every other place, there was no provision. But then Joseph was already there. Provision was already made. Remember when God He gave them Goshen. How I many of you remember that? good. And that's the provision that God has already made. But this was revealed to Jacob before he got there. So God can convene with you. God can reveal certain things to you about your future, about your husband, about your wife. A lot of things have to come to your mind and to your spirit When you begin to operate in this frequency of vision and revelation, you can literally know what next your stage of life is going to be. I was speaking to a brother a few days ago when he came talking with me. I was looking at him and I said, you have 10 years stage of movement. What I mean is, you know, 40 years is a generation. But the way God deals with you is, every 10 years something new happens to your life. He said you are correct. You see that? And he was trying to tell me his journey right For when he left youth service, serve somebody ten years, started ministry ten years and I begin to have a burden to move to the next level. I said, you need to move because this is your next generation. For you, every ten years is another season. Are you following what I'm talking about? These are the things you definitely can experience and I can lead you to the place that God has so ordained for your life. Praise the living God. Okay, I'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gka.net. God bless you.